Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Tooth and Claw Podcast. We got our wildlife biologist and my older brother, Wes Larson, with us. Um, That's me. Big Wes Larson. What's he ever done? <laughs> Not much. Dude. He's great. No, he's done He's done more than... He has? <laughs> more uh, than 10 men. He almost didn't make it this time, but yeah. we're glad to have you here. Is yeah, real? I mean... You, you almost just had me and Mike go without you. Parents are gone for the weekend type of yeah, situation. I am at the end of the world. I'm in I'm in like southern Patagonia in Chile. I was in Tierra del Fuego a couple of days ago. I'm mm. I'm, a, that I'm like means land of fire for all you out there. Yeah, all you non Spanish speakers. I'm like eight thousand miles away from you guys. You're looking particularly Chileanly cuddleable with your alpaca little sweater on. I bought a guanaco sweater. Yep. It's cute. And I'm just, I I got the Torres del Paine behind me. Oh. Uh, there's a guanaco in my photo right there. If you ever can't make it on, I have a real crazy episode planned. Just You're just, just going to no go off rules. the rails. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, um, it'd be kind of fun for you guys to do an episode where it's like, dad's gone. Yeah. We're, just, we're doing whatever we want. Oh, uh, you're going to regret it if we ever do. <laughs> trust me. All right. Well, I'm glad I'm here. Um, me and <laughs> I'm glad you're here too. Same. And then we also have our producer, Mike, and I'm Jeff Larson. Yeah, Wes has been doing some birding, looking at pumas. We'll probably talk about that a bit at the end of the episode. Uh, me and Mike just went to watch his beloved LA Chargers. Which was fun. The SoFi Stadium, it's like, for those who don't know, it's like the most expensive stadium ever. So the Las Vegas one, when they finished it in like 2000 or 2001, was the most expensive one ever at like uh, $2 billion. And then when they finished SoFi a year later, it was $5 billion. Wow. <laughs> and LA was just, like, that's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, honestly, it is really cool. Like, it's a sweet stadium. And what they put all those billions in? Are there jewels? Me and Mike dressed up because I told him a lot of people, yeah, there's, it's just made of gold. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Solid gold. I told Mike everyone would be dressed up and like maybe. One percent of people were dressed up. Yeah, <laughs> I don't regret it though. I'm glad. <laughs> no, it was, that fun. was fun. And then the next day we went to Disneyland, which I hadn't been in like over a decade for sure. So the Star Wars Land is awesome. Oh man! And Mike yeah, told I me love like Mike told me that Star Wars Land there's just the one ride, and it's just like this VR ride where like is really cool. Like you go like you're in the Millennium Falcon. But then the ride itself was so stupid. It's just this VR ride where, like, there's two pilots, two gunners, and two engineers. <laughs> and me and Mike were the engineers. And the lady told us, oh, you have the most important job. And she was definitely lying. We pushed, like, four buttons. <laughs> yeah, that ride yeah. sucks. Yeah. And yeah. that is the worst job on it. You guys, So you guys didn't do the good ride. Rise of the Resistance. Well, we so did. Then, well, okay. So we're like, we're walking by these workers and they're like, hey, come on this ride. It just opened. And Mike's like, what the hell? That's not possible. I already, we already did the only ride in Star Wars land. Yeah. He's and editorializing a little, <laughs> but sure. 
And I'm like, well, I think we should trust the workers here, Mike. And he's like, no, I promise they're lying. These but are all we went through and there's just the longest open. It would have been the longest line ever, right? But we're just cruising through it all. We're the first group in. And then we get on like this little spaceship shuttle thing. And it's like another VR thing going on. And the first one already made me a little sick. So I'm just like... You got to be kidding me. We can't just... The whole Star Wars land that looks so cool is just like two VR rides. Motion rides is what they call those. Sure. Yeah. And then like the door in the little shuttle thing opens and it just felt like we were on a... What are they? Star, Star Destroyer. Destroyer. Yeah. yeah. That that and ride's like, amazing. There was like so many stormtroopers everywhere. Yeah. Then they're like bossing us around and I want to get all snappy with them. And then we're like in a cart and it's just like the most impressive thing ever. And we yeah, had no yeah. idea that that was going to happen. That ride's great. You guys the, you guys need to go with me sometime because me and Jesse go once a year. And I've gotten really good at Disneyland with the, the whole Toontown, genie thing. Okay. You were saying you hadn't been to the Toontown. It had a no. ride where it feels like you're like in a cartoon that I really okay. liked. It was great. We'll check it out next time. Yeah. It's a lot like the Star Wars ride actually. Where right, you're okay. like not on a track. But All I don't right. know. I'll probably wait another decade before I go <laughs> back. Fair enough. No, I'll go with you every day if you want. <laughs> you're invited. Uh, I can't. I don't know how people can do like 15 hours there. I was so tired. Mike could. Mike was like, I'm in it. Tell the parade if you want. But I had to call it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I I can do two days in a row. At like 12, 12, 15 hours. Dead. Yeah. I love it there. I just, that place has been designed to make you happy. Like every single detail has been thought of to make you happy. And I know that Disney is like a soulless corporation when it actually boils down to it. But Disneyland is fun. It's been designed to, to be fun. And it just is. We yeah. got some juice at the Star Wars land. I got Food's juice. great. Yeah, it was the worst juice I've ever. The had. milk it you was got the milk like stuff, pure sugar. No, oh. it's juice. Okay, but it, it was. But they they gave me a coke so after, so I was like, yeah, I traded it in. Also, Mike's not lying when he is like saying he thinks the sun's overrated. Just so you know, I know. There's we no were part driving of he was and lying. he was yelling at the sun for being in his eyes. Did you see what it was doing? <laughs> <laughs> not at my car for like not blocking it out it's like he was mad at the actual sun so yeah, that yeah. was I, it's freaking stupid no part of I me guess. ever thought he was exaggerating <laughs> i guess i i guess i was wrong all right well let's get to the story which i'm actually going to start out with more just life update stuff this time and yeah, we should note Jeff's leading the episode because I'm yeah, in. Yeah, this I'm in is Chile. a Jeff we wanted. Yep, it's a Jeff episode. We wanted to give me a little break, so Jeff's leading it. A Jeff. And let's just say, to like, if you're what? What's that saying? Like, you're only as strong as your weakest link. Yeah. So like, right. Tooth and Claw's not going to be a top podcast after this anymore. Maybe like a top thousand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I I don't know. I think it's interesting. But I want to first tell you like what brought me to plan the episode that I planned today. And uh, so like listeners know that recently I got a colonoscopy. I'd been like dealing with a lot of diarrhea forever, honestly. 
But also, um, recently, I don't know, I've just had a lot of big personal things going on in my life. I've had like some issues with depression and anxiety. So I went and saw a psychiatrist and like they were just listing all these different things about like asking me health wise. And they asked if I have diarrhea and I was like, yeah. They're like, have you seen a gastroenterologist? I think that's how you say it. Gastroenterologist? Gastroenter, yeah. Yeah. I knew I was missing some vowels. <laughs> and uh, I was like, no, I don't even know what you just said. But then like after that meeting, I just looked one up and called, left a message. And then like a day or two later, they called and were like, hey, do you want to come in for a colonoscopy in like two days? So I was like, I guess. And I get there and the doctor was kind of like, wait, so you're here as like a 34 year old just because you have diarrhea? Like, why didn't you like try a diet or like try me medicine? I was just like, I don't know. You guys like told me to come here. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, I ended up having two polyps, like large polyps. And it's crazy. Like when I woke up from the anesthesia, the doctor told me I just saved your life. And... I was really confused because I was on anesthesia. So I was like, <laughs> what did you just say? Like, are you joking? And he's like, no, I just saved your life. Like you had two polyps and I didn't even know what a polyp was. And then he just like left. And that's the last <laughs> time I saw him. So it's that's really wild. Was. Did he take the polyps? Moved by him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, I assume he threw him away. Mm. Because I'm thinking maybe he just like was saying that so you would give him a good tip or something, but I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, did he yeah. show you the polyps? He showed. They sent me pictures of it. Oh, okay, but it could yeah. have just been from Google. No, that's right. scary. That's like that's really that serious, really yeah. crazy stuff. Well, and like, would you guys characterize me as a proactive person? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, not no, one of my no. qualities. No, right. So not. to get a col colonoscopy at 34 just is very, it's kind of crazy that I even got one because I'm, I mean, I'm the type of person, I don't go to hospitals unless I absolutely have to. It just all kind of happened. So it's been weird for me. Like, I feel like this is what kind of should have killed me or at least really come close to it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I've been, I don't know, I guess I've been thinking about that a lot recently. Um, Do you think it's going to be like one of those Final Destination movies now where death's just going <laughs> to hunt you? It's like, this yeah. is how you should have. Yeah, probably. Right. Yeah. Well, I feel like it will probably skip me and go for you guys first, is how it normally works. Oh, so yeah, but once I you guys there. go. He's in Chile. Wes is safe. I mean, I'm I involved next. you, though. Yeah, you're right. That's true. <laughs> don't feel yeah. bad if I die in like a car accident. Don't feel it was your fault, but don't feel bad. Uh, I I won't. Okay, actually, yeah, I will. Tooth and Claw is brought to you by Element. Element is a tasty electrolyte drink with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar. And you guys know on here on Tooth and Claw, we're big in science, especially me, and it contains a science-backed electrolyte ratio. That's a thousand milligrams sodium, 200 milligrams potassium, 600 milligrams magnesium. Just trust me when I tell you that's important to have. I love Element. I think it tastes great. I think it hydrates me. I really like the grapefruit flavor, but honestly, I like all of them. And it's just delicious. And I feel really well hydrated when I use it. Element is used by me, Wes, and Mike 
Also, NBA, NFL, NHL players, Olympic athletes, to everyday moms, dads, and exercise enthusiasts. Right now, Element is offering a free sample pack with any purchase. That's eight serving packs free with any Element order. That is a great way to try all eight flavors or share Element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinklmnt.com slash tooth. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to drinklmnt.com slash tooth, tooth all caps. Element offers no question asked refunds. Try it totally risk-free. If you don't like it, share it with a salty friend and they will give you your money back. No questions asked. You have nothing to lose. Anyways, I, I saw a story about a close call that really stuck out to me. And we're going to get to it eventually, I promise. But it's going to be a little bit of an adventure getting there. And this episode will involve some stories of suicide. Like I said, I've dealt with depression. I still have it. I've dealt with loss of religion in my life and different things that have like caused me to have, you know, some dark thoughts. And I think that it's important to be able to talk about it. I'm glad that I'm able to tell you listeners who I love about it. And if anyone's dealing with those, you can call or text 988 for help. Also, go see a therapist or a psychologist. I've seen one. I'm on medication that's really helped me with my anxiety. But yeah, it's okay to talk about being suicidal or having depression. And there's nothing to be ashamed of for that. And um, I just want to say that before we get into any of this, that, you know, we're going to be talking about some serious things here. And... I just want to say, like, we love all you listeners, too. So, you know, it's important to have we know that you guys care about animals, you care about the environment, and it's just important to have you here part of the world. But anyways, I'm going to talk a little bit right now about the Golden Gate Bridge. So when it was built, the Golden Gate Bridge in the Bay Area, uh, it's by San Francisco. Well, it's in San Francisco. So it spans 4,200 feet, and when it was built, it was the longest suspension bridge in the world. It held this record for 25 years until it was broken in 1964 by the Verrazano Bridge in New York City, and now the Akashi Kikaio Bridge in Japan holds the title. So why am I talking about bridges? Between 1937 and 2012, an estimated 1,400 bodies were recovered of people who have jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge, located in San Francisco. Uh, In 2013, 118 potential jumpers were talked down from their attempts, but an estimated about 30 to 40 people still jumped that year, and they stopped taking count as much because it got kind of crazy, like... The 500th person who jumped had the number 500 on a shirt. It like became like they oh, were geez. thinking, yeah, they were thinking like, you know, counting might have made the situation worse. Hmm. So the deck of the bridge is about 245 feet above the water. The fall lasts about four seconds. Jumpers hit the water at 75 miles an hour. That's 120 kilometers an hour. Most of the jumpers died due to impact trauma, but about 5% of the jumpers survived the initial impact, but then they 
generally drown or die of hyperthermia in the cold water because it is Jeez. frigid water there. Yeah, I know. I know this is like it's kind of like a little taboo, but to me, I it was always been like kind of crazy that that many people pick the Golden Gate Bridge as their means of of doing that because there is that big of a margin for error, like you're jumping into water, you know? Yeah. It just seems like odd to me that that would be your choice when there's like a decent chance, not a good chance, but like there's a chance that you're going to survive, which sucks. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think it just kind of snowballed. Like the media talked about it so much. It was the number one spot for like suicides in the world for a long time. And then a bridge in China passed it. Hmm. Um, I know it kind of goes hand in hand with the counting statistics and how that might have prompted people, other people who may otherwise not have had those, you know, ideations come to mind. But um, yeah, you hear about like the forest in Japan. It's just it seems like those kinds of actions inspire copycat behavior, copycat like behavior. And it's really interesting psychologically. I don't mean to be like uh, clinical about it, but it's just a really, really interesting phenomenon to me. Yeah. Sad, of course. No, if you want to know more, it's the uh, Akaihora Forest in Japan. I said that wrong for sure. Uh, yeah, just look at Logan Paul's YouTube. If you want. <laughs> don't, don't, don't look at his video. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, no, I'm obviously, you know, I bring humor into dark topics. That's, that's my role. Um, but yeah, don't do that. But yeah, it is, there's actually been studies too, like there was, so forever they resisted putting preventative measures on the Golden Gate Bridge for suicides because like a lot of the thought was just like, these people are already suicidal, they're just going to do it some other way. But there's like a lot of research and study that says that that's actually not true and that a lot of these people have a plan and like they need something like this to create that plan and with preventative measures a lot of times they end up not going through with it so but the fatality rate of jumping is roughly 98% and as of July 2013 when they stopped taking record after that 34 people are known to survive the jump um, wow those who do survive strike the water feet first and at a slight angle although individuals may still sustain broken bones and internal injuries. How, how far is the fall? 245 feet. Okay. That's pretty far. What's the, what's the highest cliff you've jumped, Wes? Like 70. Yeah, I think that's about me. Yeah, Same. and it Mike. was too high. Like, no. that was too much yeah. for me. Well, and one thing I didn't realize until, like, really way too recently for how many cliffs I've jumped, if it's smooth water... It hurts so much worse than right. if it has that surface tension. Yeah, broken. the professional cliff jumpers like throw a rock before they jump to give themselves or a target have, and to break the surface. They have the world record high divers would have a hose in the little pool they jump in, huh. just breaking the surface tension. Uh, that's interesting. Those videos are insane. And they always flip and stuff. Yeah, one they of love the doing survivors. So we're going to get we're going to get sad here people. One woman Sarah Burning or Burnabum survived but returned to jump again right after and died the second time. 
Oh, man. One young man survived a jump in 1979, swam to shore, and drove himself to a hospital. The impact cracked several of his vertebrae. Hmm. There's some very twisted, dark stories if you get into it. Some fathers who've, like, killed kids off of it. There's murders involved with it. Um, One that's more... Famous that I remember hearing from the social network, the David Fitcher movie, is Ray uh, Roy Raymond. So do you guys know who that is? Roy Raymond? No. Uh, is August 26, 1993, and he was the founder of Victoria's Secret. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. I should know so, his name. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> sp- <laughs> Did you know, Jeff? I just, well, I didn't know his name, but I okay. knew... I remember uh, in social network they talk about, they tell Mm. his story. Yeah. But yeah, like pretty much he like created this super successful company, but he was, I mean, he just didn't do the right business moves and he kept trying to create other companies. Nothing worked out for him. So like he's one of the more famous ones. In March 19th, 2003, Paul Aldean Alarab, uh, he died protesting the Iran war. There was also one in 2011. This is a survivor, so we'll get out of this dark, mucky stuff. Sorry Wait, about that. Did I lose the Did I lose the thread there? What happened with the Victoria's Secret guy? Uh, yeah, I mean, he just he founded it, but is you know the movie The Founder with McDonald's? Yeah, is like kind of one of those situations. Where, like, someone else came in and they're, like, what made Victoria's Secret super successful. Okay. But he, like, needed the help, unlike the McDonald's guys. He had, like, run it bankrupt and he had, like, five stores. So, like, he kind of knew this guy was going to screw him over, but the guy gave him a million dollars for it. Mm -hmm. And then he used that million dollars in some other ideas he had that, like, didn't work. And Mm -hmm. then he ended up getting divorced and jumped off. Yeah. So then um, there was one, it's not, I mean, I don't know, it's maybe a little funny because he survived, but on March 10th, 2011, a 17-year-old, Louis Otter Villa Gomez, um, he survived the jump, but he said that his attempt was for fun and not suicide. Hmm. So he just like saw 200 45 feet and thought and just thought i could do it yeah right yeah exactly um all right so now well i guess it's still a little crazy here but uh i promise it will end uplifting so we're going to talk about kevin hines when he was 19 um he was born with a brother but or, like, he had a brother. I, I didn't look too much into this because there wasn't a lot of detail, but his their parents were both alcoholic, and they had to, like, give up their kids when he was only one year old. So he was he was adopted when he was, like, nine, nine months old, right? And when he was 16, he started to struggle with uh, a bipolar disorder. He stopped taking a certain... He, was on a medication to help with epileptic seizures all like his childhood. And he was taken off that drug. And that's when the symptoms of bipolar disorder really started to affect him. And then in high school, 
um, his drama teacher also committed suicide. So that was very strongly in his mind. So um, when he was 19, he wrote a suicide note. He went up to his dad and like just told him that he loved him. And um, he said that he wanted to tell him, like, listen, I'm not okay mentally. But he had voices in his head screaming at him, like, don't say anything. Like, this is your destiny. You just, like, have to go. And he took a bus to the Golden Gate Bridge. He had a note telling his siblings that they were going to do great in life, telling his mom and dad that he loved them. He went to the bridge he walked down, he said he was waiting for anyone to tell him anything to, you know, change his mind. A lady asked for him to take a picture of her. Now, in like retrospect, he thought like maybe that was someone trying to help me. But at the time, he just was like, no one cares. Like, there's no hope for me. Like, no one, no one cares. Right. Right. So he jumped off and he went head first. And as he's going down, he decides, I want to live. This was a mistake. And he changes his body in the air. He has four seconds wow. to work with, right? Sure. And gets yeah. it where his feet are pointed down, and he falls in a sitting position. Then he claims that he went down 70 feet, um, that the current took sucked him under after he hit the water. He couldn't use his legs to stay afloat. But he swam with his arms as hard as he could to get back to the surface of water with that one breath that he still had in his lungs. So then he's able to get to the surface of water. He gets that breath of air and he realizes he can't really stay afloat without the use of his legs. He starts thinking, I'm going to die. Everyone's going to think I wanted to die when I actually want to live now. And then as he's struggling to stay above the surface, a shark comes and starts bumping him. What? No way. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And he can't believe it. He's just like, this is impossible. I just want to live. And the shark ends up keeping him, like bumping him up towards the surface of the water over oh, and wow. over and over. And then the Coast Guard comes. So... We'll come back to that. Don't worry, Wes. I know you got some questions. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, not. Yeah, he's I'm on ABC. Sure. Uh, so then he says that he shattered his T12, L1, and L2 lower vertebrae, like broken glass, uh, lacerating him internally. He missed severing his spinal cord by two millimeters, and he was rushed to the hospital. One of the foremost back surgeons in the West Coast was leaving as he entered, and he decided, like, I guess I better stay a little bit late. Um, mm -hmm. Did the back surgery. It was the first of its kind, and I guess it's in all the medical journals about, like, this was a monumental thing. So just crazy that all of this happened for him to live, yeah, right? Yeah. So then he goes on ABC's primetime with John, I don't know how to say names, John Quino, Quinones. Um, okay. And he tells, <laughs> he tells his story about like his survival story. He became a motivational speaker. He really helped people with like suicide. 
so he's on ABC primetime, right? Tells his story. They get all these emails in response to it. And one of the emails was from a someone who watched named Morgan who said, hey, I was there. I was five feet away from you when you jumped off the bridge. I never knew if you survived or not. I'm so glad you survived. Also, it wasn't a shark. It was a <laughs> sea lion. I have proof in these pictures. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So then Kevin was said, well, please send me these pictures and accidentally gave the guy his father's email. So then his father, without expecting it, just got these pictures of Kevin just lifeless with a sea lion oh, under man. him. And I guess it was really horrific for his dad. Yeah, but I'm sure. He ended up seeing the picture. It was pretty traumatic for him, too, because he just looked dead in the pictures. Yeah. Um, but there's a sea lion keeping him up. Wait, uh, so she took him up on the bridge, like 200-something feet away? Did she have like I think a, it was a m- telephone man lens? named Morgan? Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess. Wow. I don't know. All right. I, cool. I hesitate to ask, but are those pictures available for to he, like the public? He said that he just like hated seeing himself that way sure. and decided to delete them. Uh, that makes okay. sense. Totally fair. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's like, I. There was like eyewitnesses who said there was a sea lion, and I think it huh. was backed up by other people. That makes more wow. sense than a shark, that's for sure. For sure, yeah. Heroic sea uh, lion. But yeah, that was what was interesting is like he was telling a story for the first, I don't know, eight or so years saying that this shark kept him above water somehow. And right. he was like trying to punch the shark, but he had broken back and I think he was really struggling to do anything but yeah like he thought it was a shark until this he went on abc and this person sent him proof that it was a sea (laughs) lion so crazy wow yeah and then i just wanted to say for him real quick that he's won a lot of awards for his activism work so the american foundation for suicide prevention lifesaver of the year award Mental Health America, the Clifford uh, Whittingham Beers Award, Young Minds Advocacy Mental Health Campaign, No Stigmas Hears Award, National Council Committee Behavior Healthcare Lifetime Achievement Award, San Francisco Police Department um, what common commendation award. Uh, was the award we won, Mike? Listeners' choice something for road trips. Road trip. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he didn't get that one. <laughs> That's yeah. good enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. we've done. We're pretty much there with the award. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, but he he's been really instrumental in. I mean, yeah, that's awesome. You know, it's too bad that he had to come that close to death to figure out he wanted to live, and like that's not. That's not the solution that we should be looking for, but it's really great what he's turned his life into. Yeah, that really struck me when you were telling the story and after he jumped, he realized in that moment when there was no other choice he could be making that he actually wanted to be alive still, you know? Yeah. And it just makes you think like how many other people in that same situation were thinking those same thoughts but didn't get as lucky as he did, you know? It's funny you say that because that's what I was about to say is like, I think they've done interviews on people 
that have survived these kind of attempts. And there's a like a really large percentage of them say that, that they, after jumping, yeah. like immediately regretted the decision and wanted yeah. to live. There is a, there's an old documentary called The Bridge. And one of the subjects of that documentary, he said, I realized after I had jumped that I could undo every single decision in my life and go back and make it better, except for this decision, you know? Yeah. And it's like... I don't know. It's just a really powerful sentiment that um, it's funny you say that yeah. Kevin's like one of the main people in the bridge documentary. So it could even be Kevin that you're quoting. Oh, right wow. There. That's so crazy <laughs> because I don't, maybe they did bring up the fact that it was a, a shark or a sea lion who knows back when it was made. Um, yeah. What they knew, but that's, that'd be really crazy if it was the same person. No, but yeah. And of the 34 survivors, like they all said I, not every single one of them, but I think pretty much all of them said that they like regretted it as soon as they made the decision. And then of those two, only five have made like a full recovery like Kevin has. Wow. Yeah. So any questions about that? No. Okay. Sea lion. Um, yeah. Way to go. Sea lion. <laughs> it's, it reminds me a lot sea of lion the Mother's Day episode where the snorkeler got lost and the sea lions helped her stay afloat she said it was like a a woman with her family and she was out swimming and they yeah they like pushed her to the surface yeah tooth and claw is brought to you by Babel. hola me amo jeff y me gusta los animales mis animales favoritos son los osos y también los tiburones ballenas. It's been super convenient for me to know two languages and to be somewhat bilingual. I am losing it a bit, which is why Babbel is so great. It's something that is easy to use, has courses to help you in real life conversations, which is super important. For me, reading about a language wasn't that helpful, honestly. I had to hear it. And that's what's so awesome about Babbel is you get quick 10 minute lessons designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking new languages in as little as three weeks. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations. All of Babbel's tips and tools for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com tooth. Get 55% at babbel.com tooth. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tooth, all caps. I'm actually going to sign up because I need to work on my Spanish. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right. So I do have a sea lion attack, but also I wanted to do, it's just a short one. Like that was my main story was the Golden Gate Bridge, you know? I stared death in the eyes, just like Kevin is where I'm going with it. Your your polyps? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I see. You Instead really brought it all lion, together. Instead of a <laughs> sea lion nudging you to the surface, it was a doctor giving you a it's colonoscopy. Is my, my yeah. diarrhea, my frequent yeah. diarrhea. Yeah. Um, I told you right. diarrhea is good. <laughs> so now I got seven slippery sea lion facts. All right. These better be they slippery can, or else I'm going to take you to task. <laughs> they can swim 70 miles per hour. 
Wow. Whoa, that's fast. Or wait, did I say 70? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can swim 30 miles per hour. I was going to say, that okay. makes them like the <laughs> fastest thing in the 30. ocean. I, <laughs> I have no idea how my brain went there. You were a um, little slippery on that one. <laughs> Underwater, their nostrils stay closed until they need to breathe in once they get back to the surface, making it easier for them to swim. Some species can dive an incredible 300 meters or 984 feet down and hold their breath for up to 20 minutes. Wes, how deep yeah. did that Titanic submarine get before it imploded? It was deeper than that, but oh, okay. but that's pretty deep still. But honestly, elephant seals, someday we'll talk about them. They dive like like six times more. They get dive almost a mile down into the ocean. That's which is nothing. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they sleep and they sleep suspended in the water column. Anyway, yeah, we don't need do to they, get into elephants. Do they seals, plug their they nostrils now? Incredible. Yeah. <laughs> but they can plug their nostrils <laughs> too. Yeah. Number three. Theoretically, a sea lion could remain remain on land indefinitely if it didn't need to return to the water to feed. But most sea lions only stay on land for extended period of time for special reasons, like breeding, rearing young, or molting. Dominant so it can't males, stay on land indefinitely. <laughs> well, it theoretically could. But it unless, can't, doesn't. It no, can't. they can't. Right. Right. So, okay. That's no, true. I just wanted like, to. Yeah, I theoretically. Didn't say they, no, I'm not I taking you. I'm just, in a McDonald's ball pit for the rest yeah. of well, my life, but I don't. Well, right. like, the point is that they don't. Like water doesn't keep them alive. Like okay. a lot of no, sea animals, sense. if they're on the land, they would end up dying. Right. Which means they did stay there indefinitely. I mean, till they died. So, <laughs> sure. technically, yeah, it's that's all true. You know, <laughs> true. <laughs> Dominant males have been known to stay out of the water for up to twenty-seven days during breeding season in order to defend their territory while females rem will remain on land for 10 days or so after giving birth. On the other hand, sea lions can actually stay in the water for up to two weeks. So that's pretty interesting. Oh. Yeah, it is. That's that a long is. time to stay in the water. Yeah. They must get super right. pruny. Yeah. <laughs> that's what the fact said, and I edited it out. All right. <laughs> you what? <laughs> <laughs> you heard. Yeah, I did. Uh, the Galapagos Sea... Sea lions are known to hunt in groups, corralling or shepherding their prey into the shallows to make it easier to feed. They seemingly reserve this behavior for hunting tuna, which because of their size and strength would normally be incredibly difficult for the sea lions to predate. Hmm. Okay. Now that's cool. Tuna are big. Tuna. Yeah. Those Number New five. Jersey guys thought a tuna might have been the thing responsible for those shark attacks. Yeah. Do you know what's crazy about tuna I learned recently is they have like a really high mercury yeah. count or whatever it is. Um, yeah, we should stop eating them. Yeah. I don't know how the mercury factors into there. The planet? Is that what they're talking about? Let's just keep going. <laughs> yeah, just keep going. Yeah, that's number one of your seven tuna facts. What are the next <laughs> ones? Uh, uh, floppy tuna facts. They, they have a They're actually varied, not chicken. <laughs> they have a varied seafood diet of small prey such as herring, anchovies, crab, and squid. Sea lions spearfish using I don't know why it says spearfish, but <laughs> thirty four to eighty or thirty four to thirty eight sharp teeth and shift through the reefs using their whiskers. They swallow up their meals whole 
and can eat up to 40 pounds a day. Um, yeah, spear fishing because their, their teeth are sharp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your source on these facts? <laughs> it was from a blog. All right. <laughs> <laughs> they consume up to 8% of their own body weight in food per day. Oh. Um, all right. You know, not as cool as a sloth pooping one third of its body weight, but seals versus sea lions. We've talked about this a little before, but I'm going to do it again. While both species belong to the pinniped order of marine animals, the most noticeable difference is that seals can't walk on land. Instead, they bounce along, known as glumping. Sea lions, however, can walk, even run on all four flippers. Sea lions also have external ear flaps, which true seals don't have. And then my last fact is they live pretty much everywhere in the oceans except for the northern Atlantic. And um, it's kind of confusing why they don't live there because there would be enough food for them and it's a temperature that they can survive in. Hmm. Probably just fishing boats and stuff. I saw my first South American sea lions this week. Oh. How'd they compare? Plus southern southern elephant seals and fur seals. All right, so... Uh, before my quick little sea lion story, too, I wanted to do our billion-dollar bet of how many species can Wes name in 10 seconds. So, Ooh, it's been a while. Nice. So there's seven total types. One of them went extinct. There's six existing types. And me and Mike are betting a billion dollars. I'll set the line at four and a half. Mike, you can take the over or under. How many seconds does he have? Ten. Uh, over. Okay. Ready, set, go. California sea lion, stellar sea lion, South American sea lion, Galapagos sea lion. Thanks, Jeff. Um, New Zealand? Stop. Sea lion? <laughs> there is a New Zealand sea lion. I don't think that was like, got it. That was four and a half. I got exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think. Because he said half of it. So I think <laughs> neither of us win. There's an Australian sea lion, a New Zealand sea lion, South American sea lion, Japanese sea lion is the extinct one. Mm. Okay. Good job, Wes. And, yeah. Thanks. Uh, which one's the biggest, Wes? Stellar. Nice. They can get to 2,500 pounds. Wow. They're massive. Yeah. All right. So real quick, one story. Um, A 13-year-old surfer was injured in a sea lion attack. Uh, This happened by Perth, um, Australia. Monday. It was in April 2007. So it said... A sea lion leapt out of the sea like a white pointer, which is a shark, right? That's great white, yeah. Great white. And sunk its teeth into the neck of a 13-year-old girl as she was towed on a surfboard behind a speedboat in Australia. Witnesses said yesterday. Well, it wasn't yesterday, obviously, so let's not say that. (laughs) (laughs) In Australia. Uh, Ella Murphy suffered a broken jaw and cuts to her throat in the incident off of Lanson... 80 miles north of the Western Australia state capital, Perth. She also lost three teeth and was reported to be in a stable condition at the Princess Margaret Hospital in 
um, How's she gonna spearfish? But she needed for French fries and stuff. <laughs> she got she got spearfished. Yeah, by yeah. the sea lion. So mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say this for sure, but I'm almost positive that I shared this story during our pinniped episode. But I might not have. I remember all those specific details, but it could have been you a did. story that I didn't share. My bad. But if we're wow. doubling up, you know, it's a good enough story. Our first, our, our first my double first, up. <laughs> Wes lets me lead an episode. I just tell the same story. Pick a story twice. we've already said. But you did it last better. time, though, I think. <laughs> you were like, wait till I tell it. <laughs> a year and a half later. <laughs> Wes, Wes asked me to do one story while he's on vacation. Now I just talk about suicide and a story Mike already did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. Um, all right. Well, that's all I got. Wait, um, I've got something real quick. Oh, perfect. Do you Thank know you. that guess guess which famous pop star was attacked by a sea lion? I'll seal. give you a clue. It's a it's a woman and well, she's I'm not seal. from the US. And we've talked about her before when another animal attacked her. Oh, who was it with the purse? And yeah. the, the hogs. Wild oh. boars. Yeah. Um <laughs> was it Shakira? Uh, Shakira. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. She's Shakira a also got attacked by sea lions in uh, South Africa. No and way. And she thinks that they mistook. It was in 2012 and she had a Blackberry phone and she thought they mistook her phone for a fish. So they like chased her down. <laughs> so don't <laughs> hang out around Shakira. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Most like most of the time it seems like sea lions are pretty playful with humans and they're really... I mean, they can be dangerous, but like, even the one in the Australia attack, like the one of the scientists in the area said, it was crazy that that happened, and they were wondering if the sea lion was just trying to play. Yeah, I mean, we've spent I've spent hours and hours and hours swimming with sea lions and snorkeling with them, and yeah. like, they they warn you when they're upset. They almost always let you know that they're upset, and what it usually is is like the male. He kind of makes a perimeter to show you where your boundary is. And if you're too close, like he'll charge in and, and show you. But it's almost always the males that do that or like uh, the subadult males do it probably more than anyone. And and you just need to pay attention to the animal and, and be careful. But they are, I mean, they're a big animal and they have really sharp teeth and they can do some damage. So make sure to give them the, the appropriate amount of respect. Yeah. Um, I would put them in the category with like black bears, grizzly bears, and polar bears, where it's like, yeah, I know they're dangerous, but they're a little too cute for me to take them seriously. You don't take polar bears and grizzly bears seriously. <laughs> they're, not, no. they're too cute. Yeah, the All coke. Right. When they're on All those right. coke commercials, you're like, those guys. He couldn't hurt a fly. This is one of All those right. episodes where I'm like, man, these guys haven't. We've been doing this for three years and they haven't learned a single thing. Just like, I better not miss an episode anytime soon. I can't ever not be here. I have to be here every time. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, You should have heard without you, though. That would have been good. (laughs) I'm just jealous you guys went to Disneyland without me. Yeah. You got to try that cartoon ride, man. All right. I'll do it. Mickey's Railroad or something. I'll do it. Okay. Um, <laughs> we gotta just go when it's cloudy so Mike doesn't have to look at the, the sun. sun. Oh, man. <laughs> you should have seen it, Wes. 
<laughs> I was I was I was surprised. I was just like, he's actually mad at it. Have you ever you looked how to go at the like really looked at the sun? <laughs> You'll see what I'm uh, talking about. If you're anything like me, temperature at night is going to have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep. If you wake up too hot or cold, I highly recommend you check out Miracle Made's bed sheets. Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. That's really important for me. I do tend to really get too warm when I'm sleeping, and if I have those sheets that just keep me nice and cool but I can still stay warm with my comforter, it's the perfect mix for me. I've been chasing those sheets for a long time, so I'm really happy I found Miracle Made. Plus, these sheets are self-cleaning. They're infused with silver, and that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. Plus, these sheets are really comfortable. I travel a lot. I spend a lot of time in hotels. Each hotel has different sheets, and some of them I really like, some of them I don't. Miracle Made sheets are better than any of the hotels I sleep in. They're really, really nice, they're luxurious, and they make a perfect holiday gift. Plus, they come with three free towels, so you get two gifts in one, just in time for the holidays. So go to trymiracle.com tooth to try it today or gift it to someone special this holiday season. We've got a special deal for our listeners. Save over 40%, and if you use our promo tooth at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com tooth and use the code tooth to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com tooth. All right, <laughs> so let's move into categories. So... I don't know if we really have anything for this, but I want to just ask, do you guys have a favorite pop culture sea lion? I thought I of like one. The it's not one a good answer. Grabs that little girl and pulls her in the water real yeah, quick. Yeah, that's a great answer. <laughs> There's yeah, this movie in the mid-90s. I feel like they're really cranking out just like terrible kids movies that still made a ton of money because there just wasn't stuff for kids to watch back then. So we just saw everything. Like we did, like every movie that came out, I would end up seeing because it was like a new movie. And there's this one called Andre and it was like a sea lion that like dresses like a person. Oh, yeah. And it, the main oh. girl was the girl from <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite, the like Deb, his love interest. Yeah. The, mm-hmm. um, a terrible movie, but I watched it. So I guess I'll pick that sea lion. <laughs> Maybe the one at the Hogle Zoo that we fed fish to. Yeah. I like that sea lion. I don't. I don't think it'd be like a pop culture sea lion, though. Yeah, all I could think of was a culture Pokemon. Sure. What says Pokemon? I don't even know. It's got like a little bib (laughs) on. It's like Poplino, Poplimo, something. I don't know. I don't. It feels fake. Yeah, there's not even a One Piece sea lion. That's crazy. Favorite bridge? Just what's your favorite bridge? Real bridge, right? Yeah. So I'm going with the. Pontchartrain Causeway down in Louisiana. I remember the first time, it's, so it's the longest overwater bridge in the world, or at least it was back when we were living there. And I remember the first time we drove across it, no one really told me to like expect anything interesting or abnormal. So we just hit this bridge and it's so long that like when you're in the middle of it, depending on the day, you can't see either side of where you came from or where you're going. So you're just like on this super long, low bridge over the water for just like a half an hour. It's crazy. 
but it's really cool. It feels kind of magical to just kind of be out there in the middle of the, um, middle of the water kind of feeling like you're in the middle of the ocean or something. It's really, really yeah, interesting. That is cool. I'm, I'm going to be basic and I'm just going to say the Brooklyn bridge in New York. It's, it's like really fun to walk across. It's a beautiful view of the city. I like the neighborhoods on either side. I just think it's like a really nice New York experience is to walk the Brooklyn Bridge. If you're, you know, I don't know if like local New Yorkers do that, but I like, I do it <laughs> as a tourist. Yeah. So uh, I enjoy it. So that's going to be my pick. I have a really good book about it for you, Wes. All right. <laughs> By McCullough. You guys made fun of me for reading it when we, like three years ago, but I'll have well, the last laugh it. when you think it's interesting. Okay. Mine's probably even more basic, and it's probably just Golden Gate Bridge. Um, both of ours are in the yeah. top Instagrammed structures and top 10 Instagram structures, Wes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Do you have like a favorite, um, like a scene, like George of the Jungle when he's up on the gold? That's probably your pick, right? When George of the Jungle swings well, around. Well, that'll be it. our next category. Oh, but okay. No, I mean, the one I would think of is maybe the Planet of the Apes, the first of the new ones more oh, than George yeah. of the jungle like, that's a good scene huge that's fight is scene. at the end yeah yeah i like the gorilla that. like chucks a helicopter off the bridge it's great <laughs> yeah um yeah. but i also wanted to mention the pittsburgh bridge for the pittsburgh pirates play that yellow bridge looks it's really a good cool. bridge and i had another one but i forgot um but i wanted to mention it yeah okay (laughs) um all right so next we'll do favorite bridge in pop culture i'm picking the bridge we've already referenced this before on the podcast i'm picking the bridge fight scene in arcane league of legends oh Mm. i think we've maybe brought this up more than once even it's It's such a good scene though and just like really really a fun show a show i think about a lot so that's that's what I'm picking for my my bridge scene in pop culture. I like that one. The Denzel Curry yeah. track playing over it. Oh, yeah, it's, it's oh, great. It's so sick. I'm gonna go watch it right now. Hold on, Jeff. <laughs> All right, Jeff, what's yours? I'm not waiting for Mike I, to watch this thing. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm just going to go fast five when they have the safe on the bridge and they swing it into all the cars. Yeah. There's a couple Jason of good bridge scenes in that movie. Momoa, I guess, was on in one of the cars somehow. Oh, yeah. That's his origin story. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I, I, I thought about The Dark Knight Rises. There's a good bridge. I wanted to do the bus and speed, but that didn't quite count as a bridge when it jumps. Yeah, it What's wasn't that, quite finished. What's that 47 Bridges movie? That's got 47. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's With, 16 uh, Bridges? 16. Was it that? Okay. I'm yeah. grossly overstating how many bridges, <laughs> I guess, are in New York. Um, I love that movie. So I have a lot of bridges, but I think I narrowed it down to the good, the bad, and the ugly. When like the war scene near the end of the film, when he Clinton twenty one bridges, twenty one. <laughs> I think you're twenty one Jump Street. I was thinking of about. sixteen blocks. No, that, with Chadwick yeah. Boseman. Yeah, How many bridges twenty one bridges. Dealing with. All right. Okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Mike. But no, twenty one Jump Street. Yeah, you're right. right, Mike. So good, bad, and the ugly. Clint Eastwood, um, Tuco. 
they're pretending to be soldiers and they blow up the bridge. It's it's kind of great. I love that movie. It's all the way it's great. I don't need to qualify it with any kind of or sort of. It's awesome. Um, yeah. But special shout out, Bridge of Cause of Doom. Feel like we'd be remiss oh, yeah. to not bring that How up. How did we not pick that? And I then my pick. my deep cut is Bridge Four from Way of Kings. All right. Mm. Stormlight <laughs> Archives. Read it. Yeah. I tried. Enjoy it. <laughs> um. Okay, so this one, I'm just going to say, most impactful pop culture of someone taking their own life. I have one yesterday that was crazy watching The Omen, where like oh, his yeah. first nanny hung herself, and that one was like crazy. Yeah, I don't know if this category is even going to make the main episode, but let's yeah. see how it goes. That's a crazy scene. That's yeah. like when yeah. that movie really ramps up. When you're I like, love oh, you, Damien. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess I wasn't. I wasn't thinking of a movie so much as like a person in real life. Oh, sure. Which is yeah. So I okay. I picked. Um, I think yours is better. Like doing it from a movie scene. It's not quite as real. Do you want a mic to go and then you can think? I don't know if you want to choose mine. No, I'll just say who mine is, and then Mike can go whichever okay. way he wants. Sure. Uh, for me, it was Kurt Cobain. Like, yeah. I, I just feel like that was right when I was starting to get into that kind of music. Like, when he did that, like, I was starting to like adult music, and I liked grunge, and... And then just now, as it like I didn't really care for it that much back then, but now as I got older, I really did a lot, and... Looking back, I just think Nirvana was going to change the world in a lot more ways than they did. And so it was like a tragic loss. But anyway. If you want a pop culture one, you could do Bruce Willis and the end of Armageddon when he makes Ben Affleck go back in the rocket. Just throwing that out there for you. Yeah. Yeah. Let me think. I'll think of a different one. Or Bruce Willis at the end of Looper when technically he... Well, is that a spoiler? Is it too soon? <laughs> Looper's old enough. He does yeah. kind of kill. He does kill himself, which is yeah. with an interesting little twist. So mine is um, Thelma and Louise, the end of Thelma and Louise. I think that's it's kind oh, of yeah. an oddly uplifting scenario of someone taking their own life. Two of them kind of like a de- an act of defiance. And it, they kind of go out on their own terms after having dealt with you know, abusive and unfair treatment for much of their adult lives. And I just think that's a beautiful, powerful ending to an amazing movie. Okay. I'll pick one that is a movie that I referenced not too long ago, but still is like fresh on my mind. And it's uh, The Handmaiden. There's just like a super Mm. twisted scene at the end of that. That movie just kind of feels like this weird love story that has these kind of twists and turns but then it takes a real dark turn in like the last scene when you kind of see one of the main villains get his comeuppance or two of the main villains get their comeuppance and it involves, spoiler alert, um, one of the villains smokes a cigarette that's laced with some sort of drug to make sure that he dies because he's being tortured by the other villain. And it's just, a, it's a great scene, a great movie. Again, I can't recommend it highly enough. So that's what I'm picking. I'll shout out Romeo and Juliet too. That's a good. Yeah, that's just good you know, that's storytelling. The OG. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. You mean the Shakespeare one, Billy Shakes? The and not, Leonardo uh, DiCaprio okay, yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> I figured that's probably more where your brain is. Also great. Yeah. Um, all right. And uh, I have a quick animal fact. Did you guys know that platypuses will curl up their tails and carry around little sticks and stuff to build their nests? No. I didn't. In their tails. I'm glad you told us. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. Um, <laughs> And then also we wanted to do uh, wildlife that you've interacted with recently. And Wes, let's just give this one to you. All right. Uh, I had a pretty good interaction this week. So part of this trip that I'm on, we went to this ranch that's close to Torres del Paine National Park. It's a wild ranch. It's like when I say ranch, there's just roads on it, but it's privately owned, but it's the people that own it have done a really good job preserving their wildlife. And so there's a lot of pumas and the pumas it's, it's probably, it is the place in the world to see pumas in, in the wild and pumas for all of you out there who aren't sure what they are. It's the same thing as a mountain lion or a cougar. It's just a South American name for them. Um, and so we were tracking pumas and we were, we were finding them. It was really this cool experience to see them in, in such a unique environment we found this one who was laying in a bush and she didn't really want to move. She was really shy. So when we showed up, she just laid down in this bush and wouldn't really move. And we watched her for a while. And then all of a sudden, these guanacos, which are kind of like an alpaca, but they're wild, started making this alarm call behind us. And our guide who tracks these pumas was like, oh, there must be another cat coming in. And sure enough, like we run over and this just the most beautiful, I think probably the most beautiful big cat I've ever seen in my life. This puma walks not like 20 feet in front of me and starts chasing these guanacos. And it was just like a like a spiritual experience to have this cat be so close to me, completely ignore me and in this really wild place with like the towers of Torres del Paine in the, in the distance and like Guanaco's calling, it was just an amazing, incredible experience. And one of those ones that I'll remember for the rest of my life. And I was able to take a couple photos, which I'm really happy with. So I'll share those on our Instagram, but just a really great experience for me. And, and, um, and I think for me, sometimes the best place for me to really connect with a new location is to see its wildlife so now I feel this kinship with with Patagonia. So that's anyway. awesome. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I wish I was there. I do too. But you guys got to go to Disneyland. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I yeah. think we we can't we come out on top. I think. On <laughs> yeah, one. we win this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we went on the did new we Mickey have, Mouse ride. That one janitor had a space frog. That's our animal interaction. Yeah, I think it was right. fake, but. You guys know I spend a fair amount of time outdoors, and when it comes to buying outdoor footwear, there's really four things that I'm looking for. I'm looking for something lightweight, something durable, something that feels really secure on my foot, and something that has really good grip. And that's why I'm so excited to tell you guys about Bedrock Sandals. I was turned on to Bedrocks by a friend. I love them so much that I reached out to them to see if they'd be interested in sponsoring Tooth & Claw and was thrilled that they were. I have the Cairn 3D Pro 2 sandals, and if you want to have great outdoor performance in your sandals, I really recommend the pair that I have. They're the ultimate adventure sandal. They're outfitted with a hook heel strap, 
extra sticky Vibram Mega Grip outsoles and a molded 3D footbed, which I love because it has a really nice toe support and it fits my foot arch perfectly, which is super comfy. And even though they're much more lightweight than a lot of the other outdoor sandals on the market, they still give you a really secure fit that's going to stay solid on both frothy rapids or slippery trails. I've already used them from everything from fly fishing to remote areas to just really doing chores around the yard, and I can't say enough about how much I like the lightweight feel and the look of the Cairn 3D Pro 2 sandals. And I love the way the Bedrocks look. And another thing I love about Bedrock is they're based out of my hometown, Missoula, Montana. But don't take my word for it, go to bedrocksandals.com and order your own pair today. Right now, Bedrock is offering free shipping on all orders over $100, plus they have free returns and exchanges for U.S. customers. So get on it, get some great new adventure sandals from Bedrock. All right, and then let's do listener questions. Oh, yeah, I got some. Okay. Take it away, Mike. First question from subscriber Jack. I'm going to call everyone subscriber and then their name. So subscriber Jack asks, question to all of you. What's your favorite pasta? I don't know if they mean pasta noodle or pasta dish. You guys can take it whatever direction you want. I just like spaghetti noodles with red pasta sauce. I love it. Give it to me. Okay, yeah. I will. With some garlic I, bread. I agree with Jeff that spaghetti noodles are the best noodle. I just think they're the like perfect size and texture. But I like I like carbonara with spaghetti noodles. Like some real good bacon and peas. Just love, I love me a good carbonara. I like the big ribbons of lasagna pasta. I don't even know if they have a name, but I used to just pull them out of the pack and eat them like fruit (laughs) roll-ups. Just (laughs) unboiled, unflavored. (laughs) When I was like four, I didn't know what I was doing. Next question. This is from subscriber Jacqueline. Hi guys, love the podcast. My question for all of you is, if you could exist in the Star Wars universe, would you still be a human or would you be an alien creature and what kind? Oh, I'm going to be a Sarlacc pit. I'm just going <laughs> to sit there and Jeff, tell them about the Sarlacc for, we saw. Uh, yeah, do you know they have like <laughs> arms and legs? Sarlaccs? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, remember he he like when he remastered it, he made that little like pod that shoots out of the middle of it and grabs people. Yeah, like the beak. Oh, but yeah, yeah. underneath the ground, yeah. there's like a whole cavernous space where they have like a body and arms and legs, I guess. We saw like a one of those. It's in like, Star Wars land. Star Wars land. Man. So, you know, it's true. They need yeah. to stop with all this stuff. Just quit. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. Lore. Why would they need yeah. arms and legs? <laughs> Just stop. Where are they going? <laughs> Just make 10 seasons of Andor and stop with everything else. I could get on board with that. Boba Fett just bonks his head and falls in it. <laughs> it's, like, it's so <laughs> funny. I never understood death. why people like were obsessed with him because he dies the dumbest death in like the entire thing. <laughs> so funny. Oh. Gets uh, his own show. Okay, I'm going to be an alien. I'm going to be one of those weird like butthead aliens in the cantina that are playing that music. They just play that one song over and over again. <laughs> okay. it's, a, yeah. it's a good song. They got like oboes or whatever they are. I like those guys. I'll be Job of the Hut, just hella chicks all the time. True. <laughs> It'd be fun to be the Rancor trainer too. Mm. Oh, I guess yeah, that's Rancor. Guy. Yeah, but you—that's an option. Yeah. You can still just be a human. So oh, okay. yeah, I'll let you have it. That's not very fun. He had a real connection with that. So, uh, he did. Rancor. Yeah. 
Okay, next question is from subscriber Lily. I'm about to start life. Uh, I'm about to start van wow. life and just <laughs> yeah, I know <laughs> he's a little hand right in our subscribers the are getting yeah. young. Yeah. <laughs> a little hand poking out of the womb, typing on a keyboard. <laughs> um, I'm about to start van life and just started worrying about cooking and living in bear country. Since my kitchen is in my vehicle, should I be worried about curious bears coming close or trying to get into my van at night after meals? Any tips slash thoughts on the whole mobile living trend? So, Wes, you want to take that first first part? I mean, I don't think they should be worried, but I think they should be really careful. So my, my main tips would be just like when you're camping, you need to do everything you can to get rid of extra scent and attractants. So you can cook in your, the nice thing, the difference between camping and being in your van is that there's much less scent that's going to permeate through the walls of your van for a bear to pick up on. But if they do pick up on it, they can be pretty persistent getting into vehicles too. So the main thing is just after you prepare a meal, make sure to clean up everything, any trash that you dispose of, do it in a way where it's not going to, you know, attract bears, um, put it in some sort of scent free container. Do what you need to do to be careful if you're camping, if you're parking your van in an area where there's a good chance of you encountering bears. So it's it's essentially the same rules that apply to camping, just in your van. Do whatever you can to cut down food scent. Jeff, any thoughts in general on uh, mobile living? I mean, I considered it, but I don't know. I, I Like, what's the bathroom situation like? That's my main concern. Uh, you just got poop in your van that's not yeah. the only option available to you you, you can, can like go outside of your van yeah where <laughs> like anywhere but like, like on houses, the floor of my van gas stations yeah uh-huh. the world is your bathroom <laughs> at that point i, I guess you figured go to the bathroom as much as me you gotta worry about those things that that's is true. true i wasn't thinking from your perspective i'm very pro i i've considered it as well and i'm still kind of considering it i just think at least for a small stretch and you consider all of the uh, different aspects of it carefully you decide it's for you go for it sounds like it could let be let us a great know time. how it goes i feel like if you did it mike you just like park in your driveway <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just need a good internet signal you know <laughs> okay that's it for subscriber questions uh i got a couple from instagram too this is the end of our spooky ones so sarah jean street who do you think can bench press more jeff or michael myers Uh, that's michael myers dude i'm sorry over 200 what do you think he would max out at 200 is a lot Wes. i don't think he has he like he picks up shit all the time (laughs) i mean he'll max out eventually okay i think he maxes out at like like two school buses pounds i think 700 pounds like a female sea lion yeah yeah, no, I think he could set the world record. Me too. I think he's, I actually think he's pretty weak because he's just like a dude that went to a mental facility and you know he's not, he's not moving weights there. Sometimes they have, maybe they do have weight rooms. Don't people know. don't like get the brain signals though that like they need to stop so they right. can just push oh. so much harder than so us. So like you know? at the end of Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. yeah, rip their majors. She rips. Her I'm arms on off. West side. I think he can bench a school bus. You've convinced me. Um, school bus. Irene Gazga, what would be your signature move if you were a ghost in order to scare people? Toilet. 
toilet moaning Myrtle. She's got, you know, in your <laughs> moment of most vulnerability. What would you do? Cry? I guess. Cry- yeah. Yeah. Crying's not bad. It's yeah. It's spooky when you hear someone I, just crying. I think in like to, to take this question seriously, like in movies, Whenever a ghost turns on the TV, like when they're like the their TV's off and then all of a sudden it comes back on and they turn it off and then they like unplug it and it still comes on. It's a good move. Mm. That always gets me. Like that always kind of you know, ups the tension for me when I'm watching a ghost movie. So I, that's my move. I'm turning that TV on. Yeah, I'd probably just like make a gun float right in front of their face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, that works. Yeah. <laughs> this one I'm not sure I understand, but Cat Daddy G asked, "How much to cut Wes's arm off, and he doesn't get a penny of it?" You don't understand that. Like, how so, much would we pay her? No, no. Like, how much would you take? How much would you have how to much be paid? Money to and to you cut can't off get my any arm, of it, and I don't get any. But you get paid that much money. Mm-hmm. What would you do it for? I feel like I'd have to be able to pay you. That's but you thing. can't. That's the. If question. I can't pay you. I think I don't have a number. I don't think that's I'd nice. Do it. Thank you. Yeah, like your arm isn't critical for the work you do for the podcast, but it definitely helps. And I don't want to. You know, I don't want to. He could do it with one. Your podcast. I think so. Thinking about is the podcast, <laughs> right? I mean, just pragmatically speaking, you know, how does this benefit or hurt me? I yeah, think I'm not going to let it happen. There's a decent chance I'm dying if one of you clowns cuts off my arm too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. No. Yeah, I, I do have it with like a means. fire sword, so it just cauterizes it instantly. That's a good yeah. Surter's it's a, sword. Yeah, it's a great weapon. Yeah, <laughs> the old fire sword. I mean, maybe $10 billion. But then, like, instead of just giving you money, I could, like, save sharks or something, and you'd probably give your arm up for that. Yeah, I don't think you could save sharks with $10 billion, though. I mean, you could save give me a plan, and I'll do it. <laughs> you could save one shark for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Rhonda Winging It. Favorite spooky season songs. <laughs> Me and Mike listened to some yesterday, some good bangers. Yeah, go for it, Wes. I love this question because for me, it's the AFI All Hallows Eve, or no, Whoa. All Hallows EP. I like that is an album I start listening to in October, and I just love it. And then a runner-up is the Cramps. I really like the Cramps. I think they make really good spooky songs. So uh, I'm going with either the soundtrack to Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, except for what's this, they're all pretty spookily themed. I think that's Mm -hmm. a great, uh, but also the ice nine kills silver scream part two. It's kind of, I don't know exactly what you would call it. Like theatrical kind of metal with a, a horror bent. It's like prog rock. Yeah. Kind of proggy too. Yeah. I mean, I really just love the Halloween theme song, but I'll also shout out, uh, dead man's bones album dead man's bones song dead man's bones sung by ryan gosling (laughs) you love gosling it's a gorilla 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 situation (laughs) there all right one last one from in may element for wes do the bison ever fall into thermal pools at yellowstone yes they do Mm -hmm. and they die yeah yep it happens every year it usually Mm. happens in the winter 
because they're they'll crowd around thermal features to try and warm up and uh, the ground can mm. be really like fragile and they'll break through and fall into thermal features or like have but banana yeah, peels happens, next to them it happens quite a bit yeah they'll slip on a banana peel and <laughs> It makes a little whoop whoop noise and then they fall into the water. That's why there's all those signs telling you not to throw your banana peels in the thermal yeah. pools. Oh, yeah. Yep. It all makes <laughs> sense now. <laughs> all right. Thank you for the listener questions. And uh, last category, how much do we like sea lions? I'm going to give them nine claws, put them at 39. Wow. Okay. That's pretty good. I really like swimming with them. They're one of my best animal, wild animal experiences I've ever had is swimming with sea lions. Cool. Yeah. I'm giving them eight claws for the exact same reason Jeff did. I think on land, they're kind of like unremarkable and loud and kind of smelly. But underwater, they're just like the most graceful, beautiful animals. And I Cute. just love swimming with them. I'm going with so sevens. Um, they're, so they're, I like wal, walri, walruses the most of, uh, (laughs) of all the pinnipeds. And I like seals more than sea lions, but walrus isn't a 10 claw animal for me. So I'm just kind of, you know, if you follow Mm -hmm. my little daisy chain of logic, I think that's where they end up. They're still great though. I like them a lot. All right. Well, that does it for this episode. And again, I mean, we talked about suicide on this one. So I just want to say if you're struggling with depression or suicidal thoughts, please reach out for help. Um, there's a lot of different sources out there. You can text or call, what was it, 988 for help. Um, but yeah, talk to a loved one. And, you know, uh, we love you guys. Thank you so much for your support. Thanks, guys. Love you. Oh, and I also want to say we have a new merch store, so go check that out and uh, get some, get some. I mean, we'll just decide your holiday presents for you. How about that? You don't even need yeah. to think about it. Just get a lot of n- new spiffy Spiles. stuff there. Yeah, yeah well, one of everything. Say that when you're checking out. <laughs> I think we got <laughs> Tooth and Claw sports catalog now, the basketballs and footballs. <laughs> Okay. okay. <laughs> I'll check right. that out. I didn't know about that. Okay. Uh, maybe I made that up. Mm. All right. Um, but we do have some cool stuff. So go check it yeah. out. Yeah. This, this, our new stuff is like, it's great quality. It's designed by a friend of we, ours. Up in our I mean, quality. Up in Defined by, by a bunch of Dane. great artists and then put together by a friend of ours that makes really great stuff. Who yeah. also helps us out with the Tooth and Claw Instagram. So. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we're really excited. I think it's a big level up in our merch, so we think you guys are going to love it. All right. Well, perfect. All right. Uh, let's bye, say guys. bye again. Bye. Okay. We'll see ya. Bye.